Hey everyone, this is Mark. I just want to tell you that we have a website. You can check it out. It's exiledlector.com. You can find our show notes there, our Spotify playlists, links to all of our social media. And if you have a minute, we would love it if you could leave us a rating on iTunes or on uh, Google Play Music or Stitcher, anywhere where you downloaded this or listened to this. We would love if you could leave us a rating. That really helps us. And send us an email. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our show, what we do well, what we could do better, everything. You can send it to info at exiledlector.com. Again, that's info at exiledlector.com. Be sure to check it out and let's start the show. As the torciadores, a.k.a. the cigar rollers, quietly rolled their cigars, and the despaliadoras, a.k.a. the strippers, stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves, they were entertained, informed, inspired, and enlightened by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast, stories and cigars from the exiled South, we hope you'll enjoy it. What is outrage? No, porn? outrage porn is like clickbait that like, oh, the headline is, you know, Today, man beaten and dragged off of airline. Flight. I was gonna. I oh, want to. Yeah. I want to talk about I, that. I'm unfamiliar. So I I posted. Are we, are we doing? This We're show? doing this. <laughs> By the way, this is the Elector Podcast. Uh, I'm smoking a Flor Dominicana, La Flor Dominicana, Double Ligero, mm. once again because mm. I love this cigar. It's one of my it's favorites. So good. Well, I I am enjoying this Toronto Vault. This is um, it's surprisingly mild. Um, very smooth, nice, rich. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed little, that one. Little Tito's, little chilled Tito's rum that's or vodka. On vodka, the side. that's right. That's the Torano, the yellow label one. That's a, yeah. that's a great one. I love that one. All right. Uh, tonight I'm smoking a Partagas Benji. It is fantastic. Oh, the Benji series. Yeah. By the way, Jack Torano told me that's his cousin. Really? Yeah, they're related. And my dad used to work for the, the, those people in Cuba. And uh, I am imbibing the Oliva Seri G. Seri Series. Hey. Seri Hey. Seri Hey. Seri Hey. What is it? Like a droid from Star Wars? Like what is it? The box press. I love box press. No, it's the G series. It's for it's for Gs, you know? Yeah. OGs. Yeah, the Oliva G. The OG. OG. They meant that. A pissed off. I, I am fascinated. I, I will confess that if something comes across my news feed of like, I love watching people wig out and be stupid and racist can, on well, Facebook. Can, can can we explain what epistemology is? Yes. Begin with. There's some context for. Oh, well, I just assumed everyone knew. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. I mean, please, tell please, you're saying so we need to explain how we came to know this. Yes. In order. In order. In order to make. The joke makes sense. You need to know that there's a word that's epistemology, which if you took one class with philosophy in it, this is going to be in there. Epistemology is, according to Google, the theory of knowledge, especially with regard to its methods, validity, and scope. 
Epistemology is the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion. So more or less epistemology is how you figure out what's true and what's just an opinion. Right. What was the middle part? Epistemology? No, no. <laughs> of what you read, I totally No, know. it's, like it's uh, the <laughs> justifying the... Take two. And for justifying a claim. Okay. So epis- we're talking about epistophology, right. not epistemology. So Matthew, I will... And what brought us to, to this you. part of the conversation here? Well, I, no. What I, what this is where I'm getting at is like I there is a fascination with watching people lose their mind and yeah. go completely off the rails, and people are videoing this everywhere. And right? you called it what, Victor? Pissed off all outrage porn. porn. Yeah, outrage porn. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched. There are subreddits <laughs> devoted to it. I'm like, f- it's like public freakout. I think is what it's called. There's some really good Apple Store genius bars for the us oh, man. Apple Store employees. My favorite is the guy that they wouldn't repair his phone. So he came back with like the special glove and a rock and smashed everything that in the Apple nuts. Store. And I, <laughs> it's like, this store is stealing from me. It's like, what do you think you're doing right now? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, uh, this it has all kinds of different subdivisions, right? Like, one of my particular favorite subdivisions is the stolen valor. Yeah, Have you seen are, this? Those are fascinating. Where the guys confront people that are wearing military uniforms with. Oh yeah, they uh, ask them unit. specific questions. Yeah, they, like, but oh, not, it's not like a guy wearing a camo t. It's not like your cousin wearing a camo t-shirt all the time and dog tags. I mean, like these guys are wearing like full uniform. Yeah, but they're yeah. not wearing it correctly, and they're wearing honors and and stuff like that. And so these guys are like confront them with their, with their phone recording. There was a guy on US1 for years. By the way, we're broadcasting from Miami, Florida. There's a guy on US1 for years. Uh, this, this went on for like at least three years. He would stand on the intersection there on 104th Street and US1, and he was dressed in full camo, and he'd march, and then he'd salute, and he'd go like that, and I never found out. I never, I never saw anybody confront him specifically. But he's still out there, and he's holding up in but a, a guy tank like, top. A guy like that. He's you, holding up signs, uh, promoting a barbershop, and doing a little dance. <laughs> so wow. I don't know if it's maybe he was military. I don't know, but it, I always wondered. But some of those guys you look at, like that guy's just you. You know that there's damage there. Like you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? This this is more like. So what was it that happened today that triggered this topic? Yeah. Well, there was a. A flight, a, was it Delta United? United? It was United, United flight yeah. that was overbooked, and this is what's really interesting. It was overbooked, and they had five, four or five crew members, like staff, United staff, that they needed to get to another location, so that they could fly on that crew. And they bumped five people off the plane, and they asked for volunteers. No one volunteered. They offered four hundred bucks. They offered eight hundred bucks people didn't volunteer or the last guy refused to leave and so they called <laughs> he was an elderly gentleman like like a doctor i believe well no i don't think he was he wasn't elderly but well he was older but he was he, seasoned, he wasn't a for sure no no he was but seasoned, yeah they those bastions of self uh restraint they called in the chicago police department to remove him from oh the plane my goodness. and because united like no airline's gonna do that they call the pd so it was in chicago so pd comes and they like the guy won't leave. They so they drag so they, him out. They take his, no, they bang his head into the armrest, virtually knock him out, and then just drag him like 
by his arms. They knocked him out. I didn't see that. I don't know if like, I watched it. Like he was not resisting when they were dragging him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I don't know if he was knocked out, but they bonked him really good. Mm. And there's you know people screaming and crying on the plane, freaking out. Um, but I've seen more fascinating. Like that's that to me is not outrage. What I've seen is like the the woman that's like drunk or high and is yelling at people on the plane and they got to get her off. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like legit. They got to get this woman off her. So we're talking about outrage porn, right? And yeah. Why do we why do we want to see that stuff? Why is that porn to us? Catharsis. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is this woman at the Genius Bar. Just it was, I think it was at the Michigan Avenue store in Chicago. It was one of the two story Apple stores, really pretty. And she just starts shouting about how Apple Care told me I had an appointment. And she's just <laughs> screaming. And it's just it's just wonderful to watch because I'm just like, man, we've all been there, ma'am. I'm sorry. That that's terrible. It I'm is, really it glad is, you did that. Though. It is the epitome of like Anchorman. When you work retail and people go from zero to sixty and you just go Wow, that escalated quickly. Like yeah. you went from zero to sixty in no time flat. Yeah. Well, it's the scene from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was. Where Steve Martin swears and leans like it, about a forty-five degree <laughs> angle, leaning forward, swearing at this woman. <laughs> and it's the se- it's the school secretary from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. But think about that. That's a, that is a, a fantastic a physical theory. comedy example that would never happen in the real world. Except sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what I was thinking about was, um, you said, why, why does it resonate with us? Yeah. And I remember there was a movie that came out, man, I can't remember the year, but um, the way they advertised the movie was completely different than the way the movie was. And you started, the, the main character, the way the, the promo went, you thought was the hero. And it was Michael Douglas and Falling Down. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I was going to mention that because there is a scene in Falling Down about stolen valor. Oh, is there really? Yes. I haven't seen some, it in so some long. Some homeless person's asking him, like, uh, he's wearing Because he was a defense contractor. And then the guy says, yeah, I was in Nam," And he's like, what, were you a drummer boy? Because <laughs> the guy's like 30 years old. <laughs> a drummer boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's, I mean, like, the beauty. Of, so they, they promo this movie like, this is our champion because he's not taking any crap from anybody. Mm-hmm. That was how they sold the movie. Then you watch the movie and it's a much more, it's much darker yeah. mm-hmm. portrayal and, and a more complicated. And it, but the m- most beautiful moment in the whole thing is when Michael Douglas goes, realizes when he's confronted by Robert Duvall, who's a cop that's been following his wake of outrage, you know, throughout LA, like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. There's this moment where it dawns on him that he has been terrorizing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but that, that's a deep seated. It was a commentary on urban life, which is really what we're li- I mean, yeah. Miami's yeah. uber urban. When it came out before social media, it was like everybody wanted to see it to, to see what everything that they had ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And what they felt and just act on it. Yeah. My favorite scene was he goes into the McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. And they've just switched over to lunch. Oh, yes. From breakfast. Yes. Then he just orders the, the lunch and the burger. They give him the burger and he's looking at it. And he looks at the photo on the menu. Yeah. And he's like, this is not that. Yeah. Like, that's her. That's our burger. And that's when he pulls out like an Uzi and starts shooting up the menu. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's at that early, it's pretty early in the movie. 
And they made sure not to make him like a murderer. He doesn't go around killing people. Right. He's just kind of like... It's, he's destructive. He's destructive, but he's destroying infrastructure. Yeah. He's destroying the yeah. system right. in a way. To tie this back in with our <clears throat> opening example, United Airlines, I think a big part of what caused a lot of outrage is we tend to assume, just naturally, that the way things are, whatever the policy is, is just stupid. Right. Like somebody, some bureaucrat was paid money to come up with some weird policy. So Cracker Barrel, they sat around and was like, all right, guys, what are we going to do to piss off people? No omelets. No omelets. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's got to be some reason. It might not be a great one, but there's some reason that there's no omelets. Yeah. It could be that they spent years making omelets and everybody, like, send them back because they weren't good. Or they can't train, you know, a teenager how to make omelet <laughs> to do this. Yeah, I'm picturing so, George Costanza's father in, in back in the war. Yeah, yeah, making the the food that contaminates everybody. Yeah. So so there's some reason, you know, they need it to be low maintenance, whatever. But it's still not satisfying for United Airlines. So th- how this thing happens, they overbook the flight, which airlines always do. Always, I've been bumped from a flight. Yeah. They, they give, like, this is not new. If you're, like, nine years old, you'd think, a what? They overbook flights? And when you buy your ticket, it's in there somewhere. We reserve the right to kick you off the flight. Yeah. It's their plane. And the guy didn't want to come off the flight, as anybody yeah, would sure. not want to. They, they randomly selected him. Huge inconvenience. Huge inconvenience. Right. Huge. Like, 800 bucks in a night in a hotel? Like, no, yeah. I'd rather be home or wherever I need to be. I'm, this gentleman said he was a doctor and he had patience to see. Thankfully, I'm not that important. Yes. So I will always take the money. As a, as a cynic, as a cynic, I'm sure this guy's going to be like a, a doctor for an orphanage at some point. And he had five patients die overnight because he there couldn't go. go on the plane. Yeah. It, yes. Uh, he's going to be raised to like sainthood at some right. point. Because people hate being bumped off flights. Now, and this is where, where I, I'm getting outraged. I saw this story. I watched the video. I tried to read some of the context. And I came to the opposite opinion. I was like, that guy acted like a three-year-old. He was asked nicely to leave the plane. He was randomly selected. If he says no, then so, everybody else is going to say no. So, so this is um, you, 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 the roadhouse. Be nice till it's time not to be nice. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they kept asking him. And, of course, if they, asked, if they let up and like, all right, everybody's going to say, well, if he didn't have to go, why do I have to go? Right, so they're right. not going to get somebody right. off the plane. So they tell him, if you don't get up, we'll literally bring the cops in here and we'll remove you by force. The cops have the power to coerce. That's their role. Right. So he gets dragged out of his seat and just kind of goes limp. You know, mm-hmm. the footage is unclear. I, they didn't like try to beat him. They're trying to pull him out of the seat. And yeah, I don't think his, they banged his head. I think yeah, they, I think he just maybe that, on the way that down. was the that was what I saw. That was the account that I read. Yeah. But that's I mean, all of this is what people see is so he, he's he's dragged out and it's very dramatic of course yeah. anytime somebody any, anytime an adult goes limp in public <laughs> and yeah. won't leave somewhere it's going to be dramatic or says don't tase me bro yes, yes. Or, or something like that <laughs> now this gets, I, once you say don't tase me i want to I tase, tase you. you yeah, yeah. Like, you're yeah. asking for tasing <laughs> it's like so he this happens he's put online it's on the all the major media outlets and immediately there is outrage right from People who are like, no, that's the airline shouldn't be allowed to do that, and or they'll say like, oh, oh, I'm not going to fly United, or they're going to get sued, or what have you. The thing is, if this actually goes to a court, and United has in their, um, in their terms of service, we can throw you off the flight. Yeah, we can use force if we want right. to. He has absolutely no case, 
And what will be left is for United, it's going to be PR nightmare, and they're going to have to change their policy yeah. and say, we're sorry, because people don't understand that. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I sound like a cold bureaucrat in saying that, like, that's the policy. Hey, this guy could have made it a lot easier on himself by just leaving. Now, see, there's another interesting, and I can't remember if it was United as well, but very recently, whichever airline this was, have a buddy pass system where employees can fly for free or they can give tickets to family and friends. And two young girls, young women, teenagers, I don't know what the ages were, were flying on buddy passes. And they were told by the, the boarding crew that they were not allowed to board the plane because they were inappropriately dressed. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about whether leggings or jeggings or yoga pants or whatever is appropriate Shorts. or not. But that's what they were I don't wearing. I think they were wearing shorts, mm-hmm. though. And the, the policy is, what everybody heard was that these girls weren't allowed on a plane because they were inappropriately dressed. And they thought, this is Nazi Hitler. Yeah, what's and, inappropriate? And, yeah, oh well, how, how yeah. dare they judge these right. girls and all this stuff? One girl, like, threw something else on, like, got something out of her bag and threw, like, a something mm-hmm. on. But the policy is... That if you fly on a buddy pass, you are representing the company and there's a dress code. It had nothing to do. Exactly. It had nothing to do with because like every every like I started to dress up when I fly now because I'm sick and tired of getting on an airplane and think I'm going to a slumber party. <laughs> like nobody wears anything appropriate huh. on a plane anymore. And mm. Like <laughs> it's like you know the Patton Oswalt joke. Yeah, He's like, yeah. showed up with my trash bag of popcorn, <laughs> my T-shirt that says "Who farted?" Ah, did. I'm like, I'm gonna take the rocket bus to Galveston. <laughs> There's people that show up, and it's like, I haven't slept in six years. This is the only chance I'll ever get to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got six different kinds of pillow. I'm wearing right. slippers. Like what? And, yeah. Have Go you ahead. ever flown on a buddy pass? I have no friends. That uh, are I have important. a friend that's a, a flight attendant. She's been a flight attendant for many, many years, and I had a family thing. I had to get up home real quick, unexpectedly, and um, she she was able to get me set up with a buddy pass, and it was wonderful, and I was, was so appreciative. But she she told me, and and this was you know kind of in dire circumstances, and she's like, hey, listen, make sure you're dressed professionally because they might have to sit you in first class. And and that's part of the deal is like you don't want to look Sorry. like you know I'm just thinking so you can't wear an Alfred E Newman T-shirt <laughs> yeah well so I like my my Black dad picked me up at the shorts. airport or my friend or someone's like Where, what's happening like I was like yeah I got to change let's go hit the brewery <laughs> like, but <laughs> see no one if you went to like a fancy restaurant and they told you sir you need to wear a jacket would somebody just like barge lose in there it and it's like what are you and talking lose their about? mind yeah yeah is that like is it like is everything all right now yeah, yeah and so that's, that's the question, that right? circles back to the the bigger picture is the court of public opinion operates on a market tell us the dimensions of what an iPhone video is going to give you screenshot of what's happening with no expertise no awareness of policy no insight into what's happening you right know, like um we could go on we could do a whole show on police brutality and justified force and stuff like that but you know those things are happening decisions are being made in fractions of a second right i have two media recommendations both are absolutely worth your time one is um from season two of the jim gaffigan show i think it's the second episode That's a great show it's a fantastic show and the, i think it's the second episode jim gaffigan makes a joke 
and then he ha- I think he has a bad dream. I don't remember the setup exactly, but he ends up being tried in the court of public opinion. Like oh. they they actually pin the tail on the whole, you know, wow. metaphor. I see that one. It's it's fascinating. And then the other one I'll recommend, this is a book, so you have to read, but it's by a guy named John Ronson. He wrote a book that was a little more widely received, I think, called The Psychopath Test. His book was called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. And mm. um, pro- the story that stuck with me from that one, there's two, but from that book, there's the woman who tweeted about being white and not getting AIDS as she boarded a flight to South Africa. And by the oh, time yeah. she landed, mm-hmm. it had gone completely viral. She was like the yes, number one trending thing on yeah. Twitter. And she was fired when she landed. She found out walking through the airport, like as her phone turned on. Um, and then the other story, which is the person they kind of track a lot more with during that book, but it's a young girl who had a running gag with her friends where anytime a sign said, like, don't park on the grass, they'd take a picture of them with their car in front of the sign parked on the grass. And But she she made a bad call. And she was at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Oh. And there's a sign that says, please be quiet and reverent. And so the picture of her, it looks like she's shouting and flipping. Well, she is flipping the middle finger. Mm. And she lost her job and, and just completely had a ruined reputation. And, and she, her job was like helping children with autism. Wow. And she couldn't get a job helping children <laughs> because of a dumb mistake she made. And, and there's a ton of people that want to do that and want that job. Yeah, exactly. Dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Ben and Jerry's taste tester. Like, this is a job that does not have a, a very yeah. clear and definite reward. Uh, so that was definitely wrong what she did. Certainly. Um, and it's now I think people you know, will think twice before taking a picture in, on the lawn of the yeah, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. But, However, what you're saying is true, yeah. Yeah, the book it completely changed the way I feel like every time these internet outrage things happen. Because I, I just have to remind myself that the people that I'm friends with on Facebook that are posting about it, I would say probably 98% of the time have zero personal connection with the event that's exactly. happened. Yeah. And they're just, I'm angry and you can read it, like, so but I'm going to talk about it. But yeah. I, th- I, think, I think you're right, though. I think what you're kind of getting at, you know, um, working retail, your job is to take it. You're never allowed to like mm-hmm. address the outrage and say, you are acting like a child right now. Yeah. And I need you to stop acting like a child or go somewhere else. You're never allowed to do that. You're, it's, and especially at Apple, especially at Apple, our job is to just take it and roll with it. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's your, that's <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, but we all do that. We all, we all either aren't geared that way. We don't, we're not confrontational, but yet we can exercise that on something that has no connection with us whatsoever and have like this like you said a catharsis like it's yeah crap rolls downhill right yeah. i got yelled at by my boss so i'm going to yell at you yeah cuz i can't yell at my boss and i think that now just every single person at least here in miami i don't i don't think i run into people often that don't have a smartphone that can yeah. record whatever they want in hd you know beautiful <laughs> Magical resolution stuff. Yeah, nobody makes those great movies that they show on the Apple commercials. Yeah, it's always some idiot like rolling down. World the hill Star. Of, I've tried it. It doesn't seem to work yeah. the same way. Yeah. No one's like slicing a tomato and people are crying about it. Like yeah. it's like <laughs> somebody being a moron at Publix. So I'm thinking about this topic as a general, you know, trying to think from the bird's eye about it. Um, from from thirty five thousand feet, as it were. As it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to on the tarmac. <laughs> so the outrage porn is basically t- 
tied into identity at a, to a certain degree, right? Because it, if you, like what you said, what you said earlier, we we see something, we 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 cared three shits about you know an hour before, and or ever, and all of a sudden we're outraged about it, and now we want to be associated with. So everybody can see that we're outraged along with every the right people, right? So I had. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, the, I'm the devil's advocate of outrage. I, I, post, I saw this story, and I went on to the People magazine posting of it. Because everybody and their mother is like sharing. Like, I can't believe this happened. But I was like, I'm going to go see what the, what the people are saying. Right. And look at the comments. All, oh, this is why I'll never fly United. Da, 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 you know, whatever. They'd never flown United anyways. But here's another yeah. great time to take a crack at them. Because airlines are unfair. Boo. And... I posted my outrage, which and I, I don't usually do this, but it was mm -hmm. my day off. So I was like, <laughs> I got time to kill. So I post, um, you know, read your terms and conditions. That read you, your terms and conditions. You signed up for this. Oh, man. You, you, you signed up for I this. I hear the pitchforks being pulled out. The torches and then lit. Yeah. I, I, I wrote, witch. you know, this guy rather <laughs> delay the flight, inconveniencing hundreds of people. For there three were, hours. Yes. There were three people who got up. They needed four people to leave. Three people got up without incident. This guy needed to be, you know, Captain Planet and just yeah. like he's going to be an unstoppable force and gets dragged off. Uh, so I, I write this guy inconveniences a bunch of people, acts like a three year old, throws a tantrum. Oh, but he's like a hero or something. Thank you, Internet, whatever. That was my comment. Yeah. Because I was just like outraged at the outrage. Yeah. 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 Then obviously I get some replies. Uh -huh. And I ignore most of the. A lot of them are like the people arguing with each other in my in the reply thread. But one person, the first reply, was from a, a person, I didn't know, a stranger, who says who apparently clicked through my profile to see what my occupation was, oh. and said, "Oh man," said, "You're a pastor. You should be ashamed of yourself. Right. I'm embarrassed for you. You have nothing better to do but post petty comments." Yeah. And at my instinct like my gut was like i want to tear this person apart all right like i want to figure out how can i tell them that they're condemned to hell like but i was like all right back off Victor. like nothing you don't get in an internet fight with a stranger by the way folks that's not true yeah i yeah. mean yeah i mean yeah, you, yeah. you can't condemn a person to hell no, right? I, I, I mean I, right victor i, I don't right? have i don't have the <laughs> i don't yet have the you clearance. don't have that kind of power do you he's not high <laughs> enough rank no no that's, that's above my pay grade um, an older pastor has to die, and then you become yeah, a maid yeah. pastor. No, that's right? like <laughs> you need to be making like Jesus money at that point. Mm. But um, instead, I commented very. I just said, "It's my day off." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, <all I> read. <laughs> that's great. I don't have to be. I'm not a pastor today. It's my day off. So no, I, yeah, I think my one of my all-time favorite shows of all time, to be redundant. Uh, is the West Wing. I think it's just one of the most masterfully written. And there's an episode where one of the, the senior staff members finds a website dedicated to him where people that are like fans of him comment about where they've seen him around town and blah, blah, blah. And whenever he makes an appearance, they comment on things that he said. It's just all self-contained. It's not a social network. It's its own little like blog. And his assistant like tells him, don't, don't do it. Don't right on there don't say anything and so he like cor like uh. he corrected somebody <laughs> uh -oh. about what yeah. they said and it just blew up and yeah. then it just became like this huge time suck where you got and it was a really funny kind of early internet because it's an yeah, early show. social media yeah. yeah and it just was a really on point 
depiction of what this like now now we've taken it from like these sub you know domains this website to that behavior still plays out in social media and everything on, and about everything yeah er- everything needs to have th- there needs to be the right and wrong opinion on everything right and like there's the and whatever you think the acceptable opinion is you'll find a bigger people who found the opposite to be true i will say this though what i really enjoy now because social media has been around for a while now is how people will go back so i'm not making a statement but like someone reposted a tweet of uh donald trump talking about criticizing obama's actions against syria at one point yeah that were (laughs) very similar to his like yeah you know i can't do a donald trump impression but you know (laughs) yeah just i love seeing like the comparison of like you know now there's enough out there where we can be like yeah. Well, this is what you said before. Right. Why you say different now? So is it a social media thing or is it just exacerbated by social media? What, what is it? Yeah, it's it, it, the, the second one. The fact that we have a an audience, everybody feels that they're... Yes. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree. I think that's always been the case. It just played out on a much smaller scale. Yeah, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's it's exactly exacerbated what by said. social media yeah. because we have a bigger platform now. Oh, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, there was always, you know, if you went to the VFW, there was always the guy dictating foreign policy at the bar. Right. Right? There's always the guy that hangs out at the corner that, you know. If you go to the Cuban cafe stand, everybody's pontificating about Castro oh, and yeah, how, yeah. you know. I mean, like, why did, did, why, did all the, why did all the, like... News outlets run to Versailles. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. like the Cuban embassy. Right, right, right. So they're all there, and everybody's got an opinion, Whatever. and Every they're time yelling we, at each other. For all the times yeah. that we thought Castro was dead, it was like, yeah, live yeah. from Versailles. Like, yeah, someone someone asked me one time, why are they yelling? Are, 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 they, are these people communists and these not? No, they're all, they all agree on the same thing. They're just <laughs> yelling at each other because they have a different way to go about it. That's the, that's the primary language. Yeah. <laughs> no communists at Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe, but anyway. So yes, there's a certain sense of, of tribalism, and you feel, for two parts, you feel reaffirmed in whatever your gut reaction was. You feel. I'll give you an example from a few years ago. Social media was still a thing, but this was probably the the first time that I found uh, incoherence, kind of in people who are in the same group but had different opinions about what was happening. And that was when Osama bin Laden was finally killed. Right. And uh, I, I went to a, a seminary, a Christian seminary. My gut reaction was like, oh, got him. Like, not much more than that. I, I didn't shed a tear. I didn't go fly a flag. Yeah. Um, but I was like, wow, it actually happened. We finally It's a historic found moment. It's a historic moment. You it's like, of, wow. Right. It, you, I was it's sitting, a watershed. You ponder it yeah. for a moment and you say, wow. I, I was yeah. sitting like in a coffee shop with a girl I was dating and just perused like, oh, well, check this out. Okay. Thought yeah. it was over. Then this torrent of these kind of um, uh, people not knowing how to respond. It's like, well, I can't be happy because... Yeah, like, a, God life, a life was taken. Yeah, yeah, life was taken. God rejoices in the death of no man. It's like, oh, okay. Um... But at the same time, like, still, he was, God seeks justice, right? And all of a sudden, there's people going back and forth of, like, trying to out-Bible each other and how you should respond to the death of Osama bin Laden. Or any yeah, and that's, that's really. among, uh, you're talking mostly Christians, right? Yeah. You know, right. But, but were they class, so, were they from the, like, was it academic? You know what I mean? Because, like, you're in that academic environment. Well, and it, a need it was, to, like, I'll, I'll say this much. The, it is academic. 
but I think there's a certain mindset that comes from academia or having just been around people who are really um, question everything, question right. presumptions, right. whatever, that they will find a way to be self-critical about their gut response. Right. And think like, well, no, no, that that's that can't be right. There has to be a reason, that, you know, whatever. I need to investigate my own assumptions. And they can't understand people who just go with their gut. You yeah. just say, yay. <laughs> I was flipping through like my memories. Like, you know, I got like, you know, this is what happened on Facebook this day, all over mm-hmm. the years. And I had made a post when I was first in seminary. And it was, um, it always amuses me when seminarians comment on culture as if they're visiting our planet. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, like, there's yeah, this like yeah, detachment yeah. of like, yeah. oh, I don't understand why these people aren't this way. Well, that, that, and that's to get back to Marcus's identity comment. That's part of that identity. Mm-hmm. It, it's you are you know now observing all of this, and you're from you're above way up well, here. Yeah, and also, and and what you said struck a chord because what happens is, so you post that. I I remember when Bin Laden was taken down, and I remember thinking, wow, how am I supposed to feel about this? You know, not. But not in the sense of like, because you, you question that. You question, you, you know, you question, you say, well, um, w- what am I feeling right now? And, and, and I, but I went directly to 9-11. Hmm. And I was like, and, I, and then I, I, I reflected on that and that moment when, you know, my daughter was, was in preschool and, and my wife called me panicking because they were sending all the kids home. And my mother-in-law was in downtown Miami and they were saying, if you're, if you're in a metropolitan area, please, yeah, please evacuate. Out. And I'm just, I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is a, you know, I started thinking about all that stuff. Then I start seeing people's comments and there's so much identity tied into it because I think a lot of times we, we say, how am I supposed to feel about this where I don't break with popular opinion? Right. With, it's, with the it's, right opinion. You're, so, you're hedging yeah. your bets. Yeah. So I remember, yeah. and, and then, and then there's the, there's the whole thing. Like I, I remember when uh, the, that shooting, which I think was last year. At the uh, at that bar in Orlando, yeah, you know, where it was yeah. a horrible incident. All these people died. It was it was a tragedy, and I remember that there were people who were not at that bar, may not have been in Orlando, checking in safe on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's the <laughs> because worst. Because they wanted to associate themselves with this thing. It's like, wow, you really went that far, huh? I mean, how how far do we go for identity? That's that's one of the the and I think that's. That's kind of where I'm, where I'm seeing you going with this, or, or what I'm getting from this. Well, the um, so there's a book called uh, "Bad Religion" by um, by Ross Douthit. I think his name is pronounced. Can I just say for the record that out of this group, I'm the one that's not going to go read these books. Okay, I'm not smart enough. I'm the I'm I'm the token dumb guy. No, you better read. no, you uh, cannot say that. Moving on, there's um, I think it has pictures. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> has a picture of the author. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> great. You and it's a nice cover art. You can totally understand the book. <laughs> but um, bad religion, bad religion, and he kind of traces the history of Christianity in America um, and how it got to be where it is. And he, he doesn't go and call everything a heresy or anything like that. But he's kind of tracing like, oh well, this is what people used to believe. Now they believe this. But a lot of people don't realize that things are different than they used to be because a lot of people don't know their history. And he talks about the just kind of these things in the culture anyways. And one of them was after um, the feminism movement of the 60s, women's rights, um, the pill, women uh, kind of doing with traditional roles, that the, the people who, and you know, there are people who were there, so I'm not going to speak like I know more than they do, but a lot of the people involved in those protests in that movement once that movement was done, it was like, okay, what's the next thing? Mm. 
And you always need a next thing because you yeah. end up getting bored. Yeah. It, you need something to be about. Like the thing now um, is protesting. Right. And not just like slacktivism, which is... Slacktivism? So, yeah, slacktivism is when you put online that you support something. Like okay. people checked in at you don't Standing have to Rock. Pay, you don't have to pay any costs. You just yeah, identify. Yeah. Right, right. Click. And I checked in at checked Standing in Rock. Checked in Standing Rock. That, yeah. yeah, I'm part of the solution. That's like, yeah. yeah, you didn't get out of bed. But okay. Yeah. I did that. You're part of the problem, Matt. I am. <laughs> but do you know why I did that, though? Because you don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> Inaudible head hanging shame. I <laughs> know uh, because I thought about that when you were saying that because what they were doing is they were u- law enforcement was using Facebook to track people that were there. Ah, that's I, I don't like slacktivism, but I did do that because of what it was doing was it was confounding corrupt law enforcement mm-hmm. on the site. So okay. they they ask people to do that, but that I mean, uh, valid, so very bad, valid bad point. Example, but uh, bad example, yeah. but very, very it, valid point. So the new thing now, everybody's trying to look for the, the new thing to be outraged about. Protesting is in. Uh, we have marches that we're not really sure why they're happening, but they're happening. And then yeah. when you get there, you realize whatever this march is going to be about is going to be said by the person with the microphone. Yeah. So for example, when Madonna started speaking oh, at the women's march, and Lord. half the people there are like, what? Is that what we're here for? There's this new, um, to just make this a pop culture podcast all of a sudden, a new Pepsi commercial that got pulled uh, from YouTube. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it is just the most cliche. It's a protest about something. It's not clear what, but it's very innocuous. Like there's nothing, no cops anywhere in the signs, whatever. And... The protesters are all this incredibly diverse group of people. There's like an Indian woman, all very good looking, Muslim I'm sure. guy. They're all young and good looking yeah. in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And finally, which is why another why, why I don't protest. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm on a would. podcast, not a TV show. So I'm on a podcast, not protesting. Yeah, <laughs> and and it, it ends with them, you know, giving uh, the the cop some cop a Pepsi. What was hilarious about this was so many millennials turned against the commercial because it was so obvious what they were doing. Yeah. It was so obvious that they were being marketed to. Yeah. It wasn't feel good. It was pandering. But did they really turn against it because they, they saw that it was pandering or did they turn against it because it was so publicized that it was pandering that they said, yeah, well, I'm against it too. Yeah, it took a couple <laughs> you know? of like thought setters yes. to say, this yeah. is pandering, be against it. Yeah. And everybody, even you might even like the commercial, but it, it was like, you can't like the commercial now. If you yeah. like it, you're an idiot. So right. this this brings, I don't know how directly it connects, but I was thinking about the most controversial thing I've ever said on social media. And I, I made this statement that a POW is someone who fails to kill you and asks that you not do the same to him. Ooh. And my social media lit up. Did Chuck Norris comment on it? No, I did not, I'm not cool enough for Chuck Norris to comment on it. <laughs> But do you know what I left out of that statement? What? Who said it? And I literally let people explode. I wasn't, I wasn't, I really just was sharing it as a thought that I had that I thought was an interesting, I had read it and I thought that was really interesting, but I did not attribute the source. And my feed blew up with all these comments about how crass and terrible and how, anybody want to venture a guess as to who actually said it? I'm trying to think of the context in which you would have read it. So I'm thinking like, uh, I know because uh, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't a comic book. Leprechaun. I promise. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a cereal box. Um, <laughs> and the comments stopped when I attributed the source. It's it got to be like John Wayne. It was Winston Churchill. Ah, oh. uh. right. Like you know, like 
anybody has a has a right to comment on war, right? You yeah. Know? Right. And you know, arguably one of the greatest leaders through one of the greatest conflicts of all time. Cigar smoker. Cigar That's smoker. Right. Little right. known right. fact little, about Winston little, Churchill. Little known smoked. fact. <laughs> Churchill cigars. Uh-huh. What are the odds? Yeah. It's not even my favorite <laughs> Churchill quote. You know, which is when he was accused of being drunk at a at a speech. And he responded to the woman, yes, I am drunk, but in the morning I'll be sober, whereas you will still be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I attributed the source. I said, that was Winston Churchill, not me. Yeah. And it was like, like shut down. No comments. All right. I'm going to attempt something. We might cut it. So, <laughs> well, the, so one of the things that we talked about that we wanted, like in the pre-show meeting that we wanted to talk about tonight, I think actually dovetails incredibly effectively into this, which is sometimes it's okay to be really offended at something. Other times we're taught that that's his truth. That's uh, what they are saying. That's no, yeah. That's the thing. Like we don't that's extend that, that generosity to some people. Some people just did the wrong thing and we're going to burn them at the stake. But She's when in doubt, you know, oh, you know, you do you, or, you know, right. Be true to yourself. Yeah, which goes back to the uh, epistemology. Yes, and and, and it's circular. You do you makes absolutely no sense. And it's also the kind of thing that you would never... um, That that it's not... or or There's a... I don't want to bring in, like, dead philosophers or anything, but there's this idea of... For something to be good, or, like, a good thing, or a moral, or a value, or an ethic, whatever, it has to be good for everybody. Yeah. So no situational ethics. No, like, well, that works for you. This works for me. That was philosophy for a long time. Right. So for me to say that murder is wrong, I have to say that in all instances, murder is wrong for everybody. And there's no exceptions to it. If I, if I want to say that that's a value, mm-hmm. I need to live by it and have, you know, say that everybody should. Um, with that, though, I, I, I'm reminded of a project I keep threatening to do, which is uh, creating a Tumblr account where... And you guys have already heard this, um, where I, I make nice aesthetic, you know, memes. Aesthetic is a mm-hmm. term the kids are using, and have wonderful quotes, wonderful quotations on them. Things like, um, you know, if you can dream it, you can do it, or <laughs> follow your heart. Right. Um, motivational posters. Motivational poster stuff, and just the the phrase dash attributed attributed to Hitler. Yeah. And just have nonstop of that. Yeah. And just Hitler. And it's like the joke, you know, it's over already. You get what I'm doing. Yeah. But that kind of, yes, no, not everybody should follow their heart. Yeah. Because <laughs> some people, like. Your heart's bad. Cause you, <laughs> and even saying that phrase, follow your heart, like, what is your heart following? Yeah. Like, this idea that the, to, to thine own self be true, which is mm-hmm. one of the most taken out of context quotes ever. Tell us the context of it. The, okay, the context of the quote, it was by... Because that needs to be said. Socrates, and if I'm wrong, we'll edit it in the and right name later. <laughs> but <laughs> but we won't, we won't... We'll just, like, redub you saying the right name. Yes, <laughs> yes. it was by the, the big Aristotle, Shaquille O'Neal. That's right. Um, and <laughs> the, the idea behind that, too, that I don't self be true, means be honest with yourself. To yourself, be, be true. Don't lie to yourself. Right. Well, right. People take right. it as now. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Do what's really what's in your heart. That sentiment of of do what you want. And, and there's always this kind of like, but don't hurt anybody in the process kind of thing. Right. Unless you can figure out how to make them like less human. So yes. historically speaking, you know, 
you, we're going to Western. There's nobody out there in the Western lands. There were, hmm. but we made the move because yeah. they're in our way. Um, or, you know, I'm going to build an empire on cotton. Well, you know what? It's going to require something called slavery. Right. There's these th- that we, we kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and like we're all free men, we're all equal, whatever. Okay, there's been plenty of ink spilled on that. But now we're getting to a point where we're finding, actually, it's quite impossible to do you, to be yourself, without it affecting somebody else. Right. No man is an ah, island. That's right. And just because you're not, not afflicting even Paul somebody... Simon. <laughs> unless you're unless you're punching somebody in the face, uh, or, or rather, you don't have to punch somebody in the face to affect them. And I think it's the big divide that we see over outrage stuff. On either side, we all have an idea of what, you know, how things are supposed to be, what is sacred, how how things are supposed to happen. Yeah. So for the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, how things are supposed to happen, you're not supposed to be flippant around that. You're not supposed to be yeah, waving exactly. a bird. Right. Okay. But then take it to like opposite end for for some people, not for everybody, but like for that person, they they didn't care what the who the unnamed soldier was or whatever. But at the other end, if you know somebody played a prank where they keep um, you know putting a bunch of non-organic meat out and they label it organic, and it comes out that this person's actually been secretly selling non-organic meat. Mm-hmm. Nobody died. Yeah, there there was nobody got incredibly sick. But the thought that you are tampering with people, like people believe people's perceptions, yeah. people's perception, like, no, that means that now I am indemnified in this. Like it's, I was part of this thing that I'm against. Yeah. And cause that's sacred. The idea that nothing is sacred. No BS. Mm-hmm. We all still believe in sacred things. They're just not the same things anymore. Can I tell you right. one of the coolest, um, not social justice, one of the coolest forms of justice I've seen in social media yeah, is you were talking about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. This mm-hmm. is the, where I saw this was at the Holocaust Museum. Oh there, yes, I saw. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to? No, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, so there's this phenomenon that people were noticing online of people taking. This was in Auschwitz, right? Uh, it might have been there. It might have been in DC. I oh, I thought it was I, in I Auschwitz. I can't remember. It might have been oh, yeah. in Auschwitz, but people were at these. No matter where they're at, at these incredibly solemn institutions, taking. You know, pose selfies, selfies, selfies and, and yoga and, and poses, pose pictures of yeah. just like glorifying themselves, making themselves look really good in these pictures in these horrible locations. And so, someone went back and took those images and put actual images from the Holocaust behind them, as if they were like on top of the body, as if they were wow. posing in front of the actual atrocities that these memorials are commemorating. Wow, I don't know if that's the correct term. They're not. Yeah, commemorating. Yeah, they're not honoring. They're commemorating them. What a great like that is yeah. the that is not the court of public opinion. This is like, do you understand what you're doing? And then the guy yeah. who did it, um, what he said was, "I'm going to post these pictures that he had uh, photoshopped. Photoshopped. And if you write and apologize, I will remove. I'll take it down. I'll take it down. And then and then he posted their apologies. And a lot of people were were genuinely apologetic. They were like. Yeah. I never realized. I didn't realize when I was doing it what what it meant. Thank you for for clarifying that for me. Yeah, I saw that today. I was at. It wasn't a terrible place. It wasn't a place of of horror or, but it was a historical location, and man, I love my kid. Watching my kid process stuff is amazing. She um, saw someone posing on a piece of equipment at a historical landmark. It was like, why is she doing that? And oh, it was like wow. it was like a, a I don't want to say sexy pose, but it was like a cute pose. It yeah. was like you know, 
hip out, you know, look yeah. at me kind of thing. And it wasn't offensive. It wasn't a terrible thing. But she was like, why? And I was like, I don't yeah. know why she's doing that. Yeah. You know? I had that experience uh, five years ago. I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii. And we were at the oh, USS Arizona. Oh, yeah, man. And without doubt, the first and most profound thing we noticed, you know, after the weight of where you're at hits you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just... Uh, we, it even was a lot of Japanese people taking selfies oh. on the, you know, Ooh. that bridge at the USS Arizona. And I was just like, this really rubs me the wrong way. Like, not in a, like, hey, let's, you know, let's build detainment camps or something. But <laughs> just the idea that, <laughs> well, you know, our what? government did do oh, that. That we might have our, to edit Our out. government yeah, did that. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> that never escalated forget. quickly. Hashtag yeah. never forget. But no, I, so... Yeah, seeing seeing a bunch of people taking selfies and just but yeah, I, like we're overcome with the weight of where we're at and the historicity. And we had totally just watched the Michael Bay movie Pearl Harbor the night before. Oh, that's horrible! <laughs> so bad. So <laughs> that was that hanging on us a whole other topic. <laughs> hey, but yeah, it was it was weird. But, but isn't that amazing though? That that even that idea of taking selfies at these places that's so tied into identity, right? Right. So we go back to this idea of identity. It's like and and missing the 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 sacred nature of these places and and it's, and, and it's not about you right and it's not about you that this place is not about you everything That's, about okay. you right mm. so I have a quote um, I got this from a David Zoll article where he's quoting an article from I believe the new the New York the New York Times Magazine from this is a couple of years old and so this is a quote from New York Times Magazine. Um, so, so this article is particularly talking about the circular logic of, of statements like you do you and haters going to hate and it is what it is. The circular logical, like, <laughs> yeah, they, they loop haters going to hate. Into thanks, it. Tay-Tay. Yeah. But the, the quote says, in a world where the selfie has become our dominant art form, tautological phrases like you do you and its tribe provide a philosophical scaffolding for our ever evolving, ever more complicated Narcissism. Wow. Narcissism. Yeah. That's really Narcissism. what it is, right? Yep. Yeah. Because when you're at the Pearl Harbor Memorial, when you're at the Holocaust Museum, and, oh, let me get a selfie. Like, that's narcissism. Yeah. Like, and I, I think there's a narcissism involved in, um, I, I just read the New York Times article about um, the guy who posted the first Twitter video of the doctor getting pulled off the flight that we were kind of talking about. Alleged and doctor. <laughs> Alleged doctor. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> the truth will be told. <laughs> but but the guy is interviewed. He's a dermatologist. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a podiatrist. Sorry. Chiropractor. <laughs> but but the guy who posted... sponsors the, left and right. <laughs> the guy who posted the video said... And it, it just... Smack to me of self-importance. And maybe that's my own kind of cynical read. But he said, like, I just really felt like this was something that needed to be seen. Or I'm paraphrasing. But right, right. It's like, right. yeah. Okay, what, like, what you certainly. saw is what's most important. Right. And can I can I brag on my kid again for a second? Of course. So um, this, I just think it was fascinating because I wonder if the pendulum swing is starting to swing back. Because, you know, when you introduce a new technology and there's no – like, we're – as a culture, we're historically notorious for like, what can we do? Whether what should we do? Right? How far can we go? Right, and then then we got to figure out how to deal with it. We we mm-hmm. we launch it, then it's like, what do we do with it? So we went to the when we were living in Maryland, we went to the World War II Memorial, which from pictures is not impressive. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, what? And I went there, and I was extremely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So my wife's grandfather died. 
in World War II, saving other people. My grandfather fought in another theater in World War II. And we were doing the whole mall. I mean, like, you know, the reflecting pool. We went to the Vietnam Memorial afterwards. I was really overwhelmed. I walked in there. And it, it, when you're physically there, it really overwhelmed me. And I asked my wife and my daughter to, like, go somewhere else and give me a minute. Yeah. Hmm. But what was really cool is we walked throughout all the, the campaigns. And I showed my daughter, this is where my grandfather fought. This is where mom's grandfather died in the theater. They have the theaters listed, right? And then on the other up in the middle of it, on the opposite side that we walked in, is a wall with all the gold stars representing. Each gold star represents four hundred some people that died during World War II. And what I love about this is there's an amazing picture of me, my, taken by my wife from far away behind us, showing the whole thing, and me kind of bent over explaining to Catherine the arithmetic mm. of the stars. Mm. And what's powerful is when we were flipping through the pictures at the end of the day when we came home and Catherine saw that, she was furious huh? with my wife. She said, how dare you? That was a private moment between wow. me and my dad. How old was she? Man, she was seven. Hmm. Yeah. Seven years old. So it gives me hope that there is like, I mean, like, I'm thankful that I have that picture. If we ever, if no one ever else sees it, like, yeah, it's a powerful moment. But oh, like yeah, sure. her reactions, it gives me hope that yeah. the pendulum is swinging the other way. I don't think mm. that we, we haven't talked a lot about this stuff yet with her, like yeah. social media, because it's not a factor with her. Mm -hmm. But she's think she knows that we post stuff and she's like, right. don't post pictures of me on Facebook. Yeah. She doesn't want, she doesn't want that. Wow. It's interesting. Yeah, so I'm I, I sure she doesn't hang out with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my kids never become self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, there's a certain element of like sacred is conditioned, um, or for example, if um, if you go to the Notre Dame and Notre Dame is it's a cathedral. It's it's meant for Catholic mass. But it commemorates the, same, the hunchback. Yes, the, the hunchback. <laughs> not to be confused with the Phantom of the Opera. Right, right. Um but it's still this it's it's this special place important historical what have you. And you can go in there eh, basically anytime you want yeah. to take pictures. Mm -hmm. Um but when they do have actual mass happening you can't take pictures. Right. Okay. But even that in itself, like it, walking around there, I went there on my high school senior trip, and at that senior in high school, has very little regard for anything really. But even then, I was like, "This is weird. This mm. is supposed to be like a special place, but it's not a special place. It's a photo op." Right. The things that I associate with photo ops are like the Easter Bunny, and right. Disney World, like they're, they're, the mall. They're not, yeah. And if they were to say, if they had to set a sign outside saying, please leave your phones in this basket and your cameras here, you're not allowed to take pictures in here. Right. Would there be outrage? People is like, what? How dare you? Why? If they change the policy like today. Censorship. Like, Censorship. like you're censoring. What are you doing in there? Like yeah, the world yeah. deserves to know. What are you hiding? Yeah. <laughs> like people can't People have. know I'm here. Or for example, I know this is a big deal with uh, Mormonism where you actually can't take pictures inside. Mm -hmm. And it's there's only these, for the eyes of Mormons, right? Like people yes. who are not Mormons cannot go inside they, the they, temple. You cannot go into the temple unless you're a Mormon. And there's all these special things. And of course, in the age of the internet, no, we can't stand that. We can't have that. We right. need to know. Yeah. 
Everything has got to be. Open I want that guy with the Google Street View backpack to go. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. But it. But it's like it didn't happen if we don't document it. Hmm. Right. Exactly. It's not real. Yeah. If it's not in my feed. Yeah. Th- there's a, a movie called uh, Strange Days from the nineties. Oh yeah. Way yeah. underrated. James Cameron. Way underrated. Underrated. Was it James? It was James, James Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fisher Stevens was the 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 lead. Which Angela Bassett was in it. Angela Bassett's in it. Um, I saw that, I but I Julia, don't remember it. Juliette Lewis? She was in it? Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. But the, the premise of the movie, this came out around the same time as Johnny Mnemonic and these different movies that are kind of interacting with like human-digital relations mm-hmm. in the 90s. And in Strange Days, uh, it's a world where you can have a little kind of chip put in you, whatever. VR, virtual VR, reality. To experience something that somebody else did. Yeah. So they, they were wearing a VR set while they did this thing and recorded it. And then when you put on the VR set, it's like you're doing it. So people have, there's like thrill chips, like bank robbery. Yeah. You know, you can experience what it's like to rob a bank. And the guy at the end like, of the bank robbery like jumps off a building because he's nowhere else to go. It's like, oh, my, that end is amazing. And this guy, Fisher Stevens, is playing a guy who, this is all black market. Like people have said, this is not good. So his whole thing is selling these things and one of you know the plot is i think one of them contains footage of a murder hmm. and they're trying to figure out who did it and he's being hunted down whatever but what he does with his own stash he has his own stash stash of these things and they're all memories of him and his ex-wife hmm. and he'll pop one in like day at the beach he'll right. pop it in and he'll look around and he'll like experience that day again yeah, yeah. like so we sad. can't we can't just have our memories we need to have some kind of recording of it some right. kind of documentation some kind of um, like I was there, I have proof. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, not to get in a, a ramble about it. That's part of the identity thing is if, if there is no, and not to get really religious, but if there is no justice, really, yeah. if there is no hereafter, if there is no God that's actually witnessing all this stuff, then really all of this will die with us mm-hmm. unless we can record it. Ah, but, but it's not just recording it. It's not just documenting it. We're editing it. Because you said something yes. extremely scary. What if there is no God that's watching all of this? Yeah. Who there's, has only, to- there's only some things I want God to watch. Yeah. The, we'll all have our own director's cut. As, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Like, I have to put forth my director's cut. So it's interesting, though, how we've, we've gone to kind of places that are... Um, have a sense of history of, su- of events that happened and how we make it about ourselves, right? Right. Um, and I, I just want to relay a story that Victor and I are both involved in because it happened on a, on a trip that we went on. So uh, Cuban-Americans, both of us, right? And in 2009, we went to Cuba. And it was our first trip there, right, Victor? Mm-hmm. And um, we, my mom, and my, uh, you know, uh, my mom is, is from, and my, my parents are from that first generation of Cubans that came in the early 60s after the revolution. They, they suffered much. They, they saw much hurt, and they, they, they lost a lot. They lost everything uh, that they knew culturally. And, but also, my, my two grandfathers uh, had been taken prisoner and sent to this place called La Cabaña, which is uh, their... If you see pictures of Cuba, images of Cuba, it's that fort with the lighthouse right there. That's 
the fort behind it is called is called La Cabaña, and Che Guevara had all had was kind of running things there, and there were there were executions happening all day long for for a certain period of time. So my mom had told me uh, that that uh, that she said don't go to La Cabaña. And I said, why not? And she said, well, because they've turned it into a tourist attraction. Mm. And, you know, I just don't think it's right that, I, that they're doing that. They're selling trinkets and, you know, souvenirs and uh, just don't think it's a good thing for you to go there. So we went, right, Victor? Mm-hmm. Uh, we went at night um, and we, we, you know, we were part of the group that went on and we were there uh, on a church mission, so to speak, right? And but that was the first night we were there, and they took us to La Cabaña because from there you can see Havana because it's 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 like a it juts out on the bay and you can see the city at night. And they do a um, a they 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 shoot a cannon every night at nine o'clock, and this has been done since colonial times, and they still do it today. So you know we wanted to see the the shooting of the cannon because my parents said they could hear it when they were kids from their town at night. Every night at night, you hear boom. So we wanted to check it out. So when we get there, lo and behold, you remember, Victor? There mm-hmm. was the, these, these, this area there, and they're selling souvenirs. And I remember specifically, there were these fake pipes that they were selling, like just smoking pipes. And I bought one. And you bought one. That's right. <laughs> and I remember being What do you there. mean by fake pipe? Well, they weren't real. They were just like, they said cube on them, and you couldn't really... They, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they they're all made in jacks. I, tr- I tried to smoke with it, and it cracked immediately. There was a tchotchke. Tchotchke. Wasn't it? Okay, gotcha. Look at all the tchotchkes, Marvin. Look at all the tchotchkes. <laughs> it's like a Pasi USA reference. We'll yeah. do that some other time. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I remember being there and saying, holy crap, my mom was right. And then also f- remembering walking through there. And I'm so glad she'll have this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> she, she knows. Of you, of you admitting you were wrong. Yeah, well, she knows. I told her. But, you know, walking through there and, and there's these, you look down this long corridor. It's a massive, beautiful fort. It's amazing. Built in, in, by the Spaniards in the, I think, in the 1700s or something like that. Ah, oh, Spanish. They make good forts. And, <laughs> and you can see the cells that mm. they used. And I remember just looking at that and saying, and, and thinking of all the bloodshed that went on there. And I remember hearing, I never got to talk to my, my grandfathers about it. They were there together. Uh, they took them, they, they picked them up because they, they were thought to be an, have anti-revolutionary sentiments. Ratted out by someone close to our family, by the way, um, for that. And they were, they were thrown in there. And I, can't, and I started imagining them hearing their cellmates, because they were there for about two weeks. Mm being executed uh, daily like throughout the day and 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 torture the torture that went on there and and just thinking then these these folks that are here we're just trying to make a living right um it's it's been lost on them Mm. you know because of all the 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 decades that have gone by because the lies that have been told and that's not so much an identity thing, but it's, it's, it, it, it speaks to how we can definitely take something that's truth and miss it and lose it as well. Yeah. Because we're so I, I, preoccupied with the now and ourselves and, 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 our, own, and our own desires and, and, and wants. So. That's identity lost. Yeah. 
That's a, that's that's under not understanding what this and that place wasn't always a bad place. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we're forgetting whatever happened in history before that. We just, you know, for for my parents, it was the context of what happened there. I mean, I didn't yeah. want to make a joke when you were talking about it, but like for your parents, that might have been like the streetlights coming on, that cannon at nine o'clock. Yeah. Like you hear the cannon, go home. Like that's not a negative thing. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 The cannon was not. Yeah. The cannon was a good memory. Right. Yeah. But it's it's and it's but it's what it is now and it's this whole narcissism of whatever i want whenever i want it yeah you yeah. know and, and we live in a in a community where people come from so many different places here that they, and they want to exercise who they are right about where they're from not giving a, a care about where they are it that creates an interesting tension yeah you know, I yeah. remember I remember talking to you, Victor, about before they tore down the the Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. right? And there was talk about an MLS soccer team here. And you asked this great question. You were like, whose team would it be? Would it be Argentinian? Would it be Brazilian? Would it be, you know? Yeah, and would people show up and just cheer the one player who's their nationality? Right, right, well, as opposed to this is our team. Yeah, well, it, the, well it's, I mean, go to a Marlins game. Um, there's plenty of seats available, but you go to a Marlins game and people are waving a Colombian flag or Dominican flag or whoever, whatever player they show up to see Venezuelan. Right. right. And part of that is like, I, I get it. Like if there was, you know, some Irish outstanding Irish pitcher somewhere and all of a sudden he becomes a sensation and then all, you know, all the Irish people in whatever city come out to cheer for him and oh, that's cute. But in, in those games, there's also people just cheering for the team. In Miami, there's not that yet. Everybody still is, is so... I, I don't know if it's the anxiety of being in a new place where you don't want to let go of that. You want to be in both places at the same time. For the story for a lot of um, people who live here now, and for a lot of Cubans before, but it's less so for Cubans now, is you have one foot still in your previous country because you think, well, I'm going to go back at some point. Or I'm just here to make some money, or I'm here because somebody else in my family's here, but I'll make it back at some point. And then you realize I'm not going to ever go back. And at that point, you have to transition into thinking like, well, what does it mean to be Miamian? Like, what does it even mean? Or, or, or am I a Venezuelan in Miami? Or am I? And then your children, are they Venezuelans in Miami? Or are they just Americans? Are they supposed to like the same things you did? Are they supposed to get angry about the same things? Yeah. And there's a, there's a way in which every every parent wants their child to like the same things and get angry. Like, right, well, you right. will not listen to One Direction. You'll listen to Led Zeppelin because that's good music. <laughs> but no, for for them to be actually American, if anything, is for them to eventually choose what they like. That idea of pursue happiness, do what you want, that was birthed in a group that generally all wanted the same thing, or very similar mm, things. Right, and anybody right. who didn't want that well, they were, you know, a loyalist or some, you know, get out of here. Or they stayed. They stayed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, 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 they weren't part of this grand experiment. So everybody generally had the same idea of what this is supposed to be about. It's a great, time, it's a great point. We never really think about that. Yeah. And over time, people, you know, got more different. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like a racial thing. Pers- pursued different things. Yeah, they pursued different things. And all of a sudden, when it comes time to like, all right, now it's all time for us to agree on one thing. What is it? We don't have it anymore. What is the one thing? What, are, what is this country supposed to be doing right now? 
Right. So here's here's we're talking about two. I, I think we're talking about three different things: epistemology, identity, and history. And 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 I, I think the the history part is is key as well because the other day I, I went to History Miami, the museum in in, uh, in downtown, great little museum, you know, just kind of detailing the history going back to Paleo Indians and on forward. They have a um, a uh, an old trolley. The Miami used to have trolleys, just like New Orleans, uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and. And they have a trolley that they actually found. The, 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 the person that was there said, yeah, they actually found this trolley. It was being used as a tool shed in someone's yard. And it, they, rec- they bought it from him. And they restored it completely. And it's there at the History Miami Museum. You should go see it. It's really cool. But one of the things that uh, we're walking inside, and my wife looks up and she says, look at that sign. And it had a sign on it. And it said, it said something to the effect of, whites, please fill in the front seats. Mm. And it struck me, and I and I did the same thing that you did with with your daughter at the museum, the World War II museum. I I said, Josh, come here. <laughs> Would you right, see right. This? Uh, and I and I showed it to him. I I explained to him what that meant. And I said, and I and I referenced Rosa Parks because he had heard that story, Black History Month. You know, they teach that at the schools. And I said, so so she would have sat back there. And that can't be forgotten, that that no, happened, that no. that was something that went on here. And that's, that's kind of why I was referencing the, the, the La Cabana in Cuba. Yeah. There's things that we can't forget because there's truth there about, our, about our, who we are and our history. And, and, and we need to know it so that we can, not just so that we don't repeat the mistakes of the past, but also so that we can know where we came from. It's, this is a, the, totally epistemology because is truth received or is it discovered Mm. and when we deny like somebody could tell you the history of the black you know black history and all that stuff and then you could say you could deny it all they're the holocaust deniers or or what does it matter or maybe that was a mistake or what have you but we have this general sense at least that no these things need to not just be remembered but need to be understood in this way we need to understand black history as not being like a bad thing that happened in the country. Yeah. There are some people who believe that, that it's a bad thing. And we try to teach our children like, okay, those people are wrong. Yeah. And how do we know they're wrong? Well, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. we, we just know they're wrong. But we're making a truth claim with almost no argumentation. We're just showing like, this is history. This was bad. This is what you should believe about it. When you start leaving that or you start like narrowing that down to only a f- certain few things that we can all say like, okay, that was wrong. That was right. Hitler was wrong. Yeah. The allies were right. Mm-hmm. And you start getting to today where we're, we're more gun shy about saying the received history was right. It's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's the traditional way of looking at it. Mm. This, this is the, the non, the progressive way, whatever, like tra- yeah. traditional became a bad word, progressive became a good word, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, like, well, that's as received of truth as the other stuff. Why are we deciding that this one is now wrong and that one is right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like one of the few things that counts as a standard for what's true is Hitler. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the only guy we're all like really allowed to be angry about and yeah. hate. Right? And then, but now there's been this shift of like, whoever I don't like is Hitler now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, honestly, it's like, come on, really? Like, you're gonna compare that guy to Hitler? 
Yeah. I remember in AP US history being assigned readings out of Howard Zinn's book, A People's History of the United States, which I believe was a pretty uh, watershed work in that, mm-hmm. you know, revisionist history kind of stuff. That's it. And it's it basically chapter after chapter it's it's the history of the United States but as told by the losing team mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a, a better term I history guess. History is written by those who have hung heroes. <laughs> so but the the mm. first chapter is is um it's it's Columbus but it's probably a little closer to accurate about what happened as Maybe. opposed to what <laughs> I'm the Columbus apologist right here, but okay go ahead well <laughs> and I remember this was the you know I was probably a sophomore or junior in high uh, yeah sophomore or junior in high school so I'm 16 years old 17 years old and it everything I knew about you know Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 you know like that that rhyme or whatever but then to be told oh no they left out the part about raping and killing yes. and smallpox. And <laughs> yes, exactly. All the and the demi- the indigenous people of Hispaniola jumping off cliffs so they wouldn't be taken by the Spaniards. So, right. Yeah. And I just remember that book. It really well, it was edited for me. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe was, we just would not have been. Like, that's the inappropriate rhyme to learn. As a right. Right. Please don't. Please don't come up with that rhyme. Yeah. yeah please don't. Yeah. There's a song by Sting. He had this horrible song, though. And I'd I, say he's about 50 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he had many horrible songs. The over under on Stinking. Okay. Nothing know. Like the Sun is one of my favorite albums of all time. I think that's a beautiful album. But this song is on it, and it's crap. It sucks. <laughs> it's called History Will Teach Us Nothing. And at first, I thought, oh, he's going he's gonna to do a, he's gonna play with the words a little bit and tell us, yes, history will teach us something. No, he was saying history will teach us nothing. And he says this he says, if we seek solace in the prisons of the distant past security and human systems we're told were always will always last emotions are the sail and blind faith is the mast without the breath of real freedom we're in we're getting nowhere fast if god is dead and an actor plays his part his words of fear will find a place in your heart without the voice of reason every faith is its own curse without the without freedom from the past things can only get worse Hit sooner or later, just like the world, the world first day. Sooner or later, we'll learn to throw the past away. Sooner or later, just like the world first day. Sooner or later, we'll learn to throw the past away. History will teach us nothing. And I think that that's kind of like where we are now. People, people I, I can see people listening. I go, yeah, screw history. It sucks. I hated that subject in school anyway. You know, you know. I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast too. Is kind of tell these these important stories about our city and things that happened here and it's important to tell them so people can can know a little bit more about this place and and see the context of it not to see just oh it's a great city or or it's a shitty city or whatever but just to see like well there's 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 story here and it means something you know there's a reason why we are where we are right now 